you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right, let's do it. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. So much to get to today. Uh, the cocaine caper yes. is top of the list. Who had the coke in the White House? <laughs> and who left it in a cubby? Like, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> and then didn't get it. That, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Well, not only that, but then we're hearing reports we'll probably never know. How is that possible? Yeah, that, that doesn't seem... Because there's, there's like a Secret Service person right there. There are cameras everywhere. I, it just doesn't make any sense that you would not be able to whittle down the list, at least to a top ten Absolutely. Of, of likely cokeheads walking into the White House. And, of course, everybody's wondering, uh, maybe it was Hunter Biden. A very has, a, has had a very public uh, struggle with crack, both in... Uh, or I'm sorry, with cocaine, both in crack and powdered form. Yes. Um, but uh, Trump's old White House press secretary, Kaylee McEnany, is throwing cold water on that one. She's saying, no, there's no way that it was Hunter Biden. Okay, I haven't heard this. I want to hear this. It is a heavily trafficked area. There are cubbies there. I've got to believe this was discovered rather quickly because there's a Secret Service office. Officer right sitting right there. Right there. Um, so it couldn't have been there for days and days. It had to have been there for, I would say, minutes. Um, and for it to be Hunter Biden, he left on Friday. He was at Camp right. David. There is no way. It is inconceivable to think cocaine could sit for a 72-hour period. Um, so I, I would rule him out at this point. Okay. <laughs> so then that brings other questions. Mm-hmm. Okay, to get to that point, are there any checks on you? Well, you pat it down. You would think so. I think the Secret Service is looking for specifically white powdered sus- substances. So you can just get anthrax through there <laughs> right. to that point. Well, that's, that's what we're right. to believe. Exactly. That doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, I, I remember a couple of times I've covered a presidential event or a former president's event. One was Barack mm-hmm. Obama. One was Bill Clinton. And one of the things that while getting things set up so that we could carry the remarks live and and whatnot, they go through, even for Bill Clinton, who had been out of the White House for almost 20 years at that point, um, you had to let uh, let the feds go through all of your gear. Like, they're opening up battery compartments. They're looking into every nook and cranny of every bag, every piece of equipment. Just because that's the protocol. But apparently you can walk in with a baggie of cocaine, no problem. (laughs) I don't know about that, man. I, no. I mean, I understand what she's saying. She's saying it's hard to believe it would have been there that long. Mm -hmm. But then you have to figure out, okay, how did it get to that point? You get what I'm saying? Well, yeah. And how do I know somebody didn't leave it for the guy who wasn't there? Hey, man, I left in the cubby for you. I don't know, man. I, don't know. I was on the White House trying to say, hey, we're just going to let the investigation run its course here. All right. And it's really possible within a couple of weeks, this will be forgotten about and we'll never know the answer. And just it's another thing. Hey, that would be my guess. You can solve a murder with a strand of hair. 
but yes. cameras and a guard standing there. You can't figure out who this person is. Okay. Well, do you want to go down conspiracy theory road? Why not? I got some tinfoil extra. All I'll right. throw it on. Well, I think it's what we've talked about before. The power brokers and the Democratic Party. All right. This is just something else they have. Mm-hmm. Okay. On the Bidens. All right. We can unleash this, too, if you want. Maybe it's time, Joe, to step aside. I don't know if that's true. Yeah. You're trying to make sense of any of this stuff. And it doesn't make much sense. Either that or they've got some kind of cocaine lord who's a big contributor. And <laughs> Again, how do you get it that far in? I, well, that's the thing, right? Because you meant you mentioned anthrax or any ricin or any other poison. Yeah. If you're able to get it that far and actually put it in a cubbyhole in the White House. Yes. Jeez, man. Yes. Anybody want to hear just a little Kareem Jean? Oh, yeah. sure. Um, can you just tell us how the White House is assisting the Secret Service with this investigation? Have you made any White House officials available for interviews with law enforcement, for example? Look, look we're not assisting in anything. This is under the Secret Service purview. This is their uh, their kind of guidance and guideline their uh, their world, and so we're going to let them do their job. Uh, we are not involved in this. This is something that the Secret Service uh, handles. It's under their protocol, and they are going to uh, investigate and get to the bottom of what happened this weekend, and we appreciate that. And, you noted- and in the same session, a different topic, mm-hmm. but some would say lack of self-awareness when she actually said this. You know, the president uh, uh, is proud to have restored the rule of law uh, in his administration. And I can tell you here and I can tell you now that he will not. Okay. Do you know what was just found at the White House? Right. That would be Coke. Yeah. Not Coca-Cola, cocaine. Wow. Well, you know, her nickname isn't Mule Kick for, for nothing. You know. <laughs> God dang. Okay, let's move on to Fauci. Fauci is in the news. Uh, this is a clip I don't think you've heard yet, Scott. I can't nope. wait to hear it. Mm-hmm. What is he worried about? Dr. Anthony Fauci, science's only begotten son, who admitted to lying about masking, admitted to lying about how effective the COVID vaccines were, was caught lying about his beliefs on the origins of COVID, was caught lying about gain-of-function research being conducted, and so on is now worried about disinformation heading into the 2024 election. Uh, This was an interview with The Hill that he was doing. you got to be kidding me. I worry about the country a lot because what we're seeing, and I think anybody who just takes a deep breath and looks at what's going on, that we are in an arena, an era, of what I call the normalization of untruths. There are so many... Yes! And you're the leader, bro. Yeah. Anybody, is anybody self-aware? Anybody? No. The, the lack of self-awareness is stunning. I don't know, man. I want to say with Karine Jean-Pierre, lack of self-awareness. Fauci knows he's evil. <laughs> he knows. Ah. He knows he knew all along what the real deal was, and he was lying his butt off through all of it. That's my belief anyway, but go on with the clip. Misrepresentations and distortions of reality oh. and conspiracy theory that it almost becomes normalized. Okay, man, I'll bet you anything he doesn't use any specifics in this. No. I haven't heard it, but it, he doesn't. No. Why? <laughs> he can't. You know why. If right. you get into specifics, the quote conspiracy theories were true. Mm-hmm. Proven true. We should not accept that as the new normal, because when when facts are no longer accepted as facts, when distortions occur and when reality is distorted, 
that will undermine the foundations of the social order and of our democracy. Oh my goodness, man! One one of the that reasons is so rich. One of the reasons I think that he can so shamelessly go out there and say that, as a guy who was one of the biggest purveyors of disinformation, admittedly so, is because his lies were for the greater good in his mind. Right? He didn't. He lied about. You know, at first he said, "Well, you don't need to be walking around with a mask." Why? Well, maybe a mask would help if it's a high-quality mask, but we wanted to make sure. In his own words, he said, we wanted to make sure that hospital staff had access to Mm high-quality masks, so we told you to not get one. And then he goes out and lies about the effectiveness of, you know, what, using a bandana (laughs) in lieu of, like, an actual high-quality respirator, things like that. But he knew masking at school wasn't N95s. It was your basic little surgeon mask, the little blue ones. Right. Okay, that kids had, you know, down to their chin most of the time. Everybody knew it. He was still saying, oh, yeah, they should be wearing the masks. And then it was, you got to get the vaccine, and it will keep you uh, from spreading it to somebody else. Okay, it doesn't stop spreading it, but uh, you should get it anyway. Okay. Uh, hey, I never shut down schools. Whoever said that's a liar. It was by your guidance, dude. Whatever. Who believes that guy anymore? I mean, you saw the polling. Yeah. It's upside down. Mm-hmm. I think people finally saw him for who he is. We'll get to more on that a little bit later. Okay, you have a story about the mayor of New York. Dude. And you're giddy about this. Dude. dude. Okay. New York City Mayor Eric Adams has just been busted in a massive lie. And this story is incredible. In his first month in office, two police officers were murdered in Harlem. Uh, I think we we covered it at the time. It was terrible. Uh, During a news conference, Adams, who, of course, was a police officer, referenced a former colleague of his, uh, an officer named Robert Venable, who was killed while on duty in 1987. And he said at this news conference, I still think about him. I keep a picture of Robert in my wallet. So a week later, uh, the New York Times went to meet with the mayor and said, hey, can we see the picture? And sure enough, he brought it out, showed it to them. And uh, all along, Adams has repeated this anecdote in media interviews and at a police academy ceremony uh, where he again showed off this picture. He's done it in a couple of television interviews where he brings this picture out of his wallet. However... The weathered photo, reports the failing New York Times, the weathered photo of Officer Venable has not actually spent decades in the mayor's wallet. It had been created by employees in the mayor's office in the days after Adams claims to have been carrying it in his wallet. (laughs) People started asking, hey, hey, can we see the photo? And so he had Uh. staff go on Google, print out a picture of this photo, slain police officer wow in black and white and made it look worn as if the mayor had been carrying it for some time they even splashed coffee on it to make it look like it was older than it really was <laughs> <laughs> so you got to be authentic you know so, so this guy's walking around with something that's like an eighth grade history class uh you know uh project did they is, like yellow it like those old tiny yeah. photos of the family at the, yeah. with the Western garb on? Yeah. It, they take at the Ozarks or something. Yeah. Golly. 
How do you get coffee stain on a picture in your wallet? That's a trick. Well, I think it's to make it look aged, like, oh, right. like yeah, Robbins right. was saying. Right. You know, so that's you, how you're carried saying, around forever. Put right? a little yeah. coffee on it, and it gets a yeah. little bit browned. Yeah, and, yeah yellow know. it up a yeah. little bit. Sure. I'm so worried about misinformation <laughs> more than anything right now. <laughs> really? Yeah, of course. Oh, man, did you see this? Uh, you won't believe... What took the top spot at the box office on 4th of July? I bet I do. Beating yep. Indiana Jones. Yep. Uh, there are some people on the left shrieking about this, too. Of course. It's really interesting. We will get to that coming up in a few. And the CDC <laughs> advising trans people on chest-feeding kids. Not again. Not again. All coming up right God. here. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay. There's a movie out called Sound of Freedom. And it was number one at the box office on July 4th, beating out Indiana Jones. Yeah, you and I saw it last night. We saw it. Mm -hmm. It's about the horrors of child sex trafficking. Dude. I wouldn't say it's a popcorn movie or an easy watch, but a lot of people have said, man, it's important. A lot of people see this. I agree. And I understand after watching the movie. And you don't realize two million kids a year go into child sex slavery. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh, man. And a lot of that's happening in the United States. You think about how many people have come through our southern border illegally over the last couple of years. Yeah. And we've heard about child sex trafficking there. Problem is all over the world. Um, but it's amazing the grassroots effort of this movie because this movie was finished in 2018 20th century fox the ones that greenlit the movie but then disney bought 20th century fox and shelved it and the people that made the movie have been trying to get the rights back to it they and then angel it. studios yeah. get it mm-hmm. and people that did the chosen and they're the ones releasing it and we heard about this movie word of mouth from a friend of ours uh, who got the theater last night and very much, you know, well attended. And it's what it do 14.2 million at the box office on July 4th. That's impressive. And the words getting out about it. Now, there are some people on the left not happy about it. And, I, and it's really head scratching to me. Yeah. Well, the, why? Yeah, like, there's a left wing uh, blog called Jezebel. <laughs> um, and they wrote up this thing about how this was all like basically adjacent to QAnon conspiracy theories and whatnot. <clears throat> and it's I, real. Yeah, I mean they're That's really. A, it's a true story. It's based on a true story. It was about Tim Ballard, who is a federal agent, quit his job to save this young girl from sex slavery in South America. And that person currently runs the organization Operation Underground Railroad. Uh, assisting law enforcement with rescuing kids from the worst situations imaginable. But in Jezebel, it says, oh, this is like a QAnon person's dream. Yeah, but... What? But it really does actually happen. And what they're doing is is trying to take all these disparate things, these kind of weird rabbit hole things on from online, and tie them to what is a very real thing of child sex trafficking, organ harvesting, things like that. That does actually go on. And because it is being, I guess, promoted as like a conservative action thriller or something like that, because of that, 
the uh, default posture of left-wing lunatics is that, well, it's got to be conspiracy theory. I mean, think about that. Instead of just saying, I liked the movie or I didn't like the movie or whatever, you got to make it about some political thing yeah. that, that always, why? Yeah, it was weird because I read that same piece and it's saying, well, yes, this is this is a true story. And yes, this is a real thing, but yeah, conservatives like it, so we can't. Yeah. It's well, it's Angel Studios. Yes, they don't like them. No, they don't like Caviezel. Oh yeah, yeah, because the lead is Jim Caviezel. Yeah, who played they, they don't like Jesus him. and Passion of the Christ. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, they, and none of any sort of God message. Yeah, and it, it's it's bizarre to me when I read that because I'm thinking to myself, I we saw it. I know last night, and I don't know. I mean, there was no flashback to Ronald Reagan. There was no, you know. I mean, it's just like, what the hell is going on here? You're telling me there was no "Make America Great Again" message? No, I saw none of that. Huh? No, no. It's just so. I don't. I, I honestly, these people—they're bad people. Yes, they're very bad much people. so. Yeah, you know so. As, you know, you have people on the left freaking out about that. I also see this story completely unrelated, but it's just, you know, the fight against reality continues for the left. The CDC giving guidance for trans people, chest feeding kids. Come on, man. But they're also, you know, you got people saying, hey, do you know the health risks involved with this? When you do this, so the CDC website section of health equity considerations Mm -hmm. Found under its infant and young child feeding toolkit. They said that transgender and non-binary gendered individuals may give birth and breastfeed or feed at the chest. That you're talking about men taking drugs in order to lactate, <clears throat> and then they're feeding that to infants. And the drugs get clear. through. Yeah. And it actually says um, can have terrible effects on the kid but they're not saying that with the cdc no where are we man this information jeez all right more on that a little bit later um philadelphia is suing gun manufacturers really based on what next all right the markley van camp and robin show i'm jamie markley the gen xer david van camp the millennial scott robbins the sexy boomer yeah, sometimes it does feel like the world's gone crazy. CDC advising trans people chest-feeding kids. Good night, man. And now Philadelphia suing weapons parts manufacturers. How's that going to go? Uh, probably not very well, but, you know, you, you, <laughs> I, I suppose if you're one of these leftists like the DA, Larry Krasner, you got to try something to appeal to the base. I'm, I'm, again, that's what I think it is. Uh, five people, of course, we know, were murdered in a mass shooting in Philadelphia earlier this week by a cross-dressing weirdo. The city of Philadelphia is now suing two gun parts manufacturers who apparently didn't have anything to do with the shooting. Their products weren't used there. But this is Yeah, about- but you like guns and you help with that, so we're naming you. <laughs> That we're cracking down on ghost guns is what uh, D.A. Uh, Larry Krasner said on PBS. Roll it. Are these two companies linked to this shooting in any way? There was a ghost gun involved in this case. Um, I don't know whether these particular companies were involved, <laughs> but the 
killer in this case uh, came out of his residence wearing a bulletproof vest. He had an AR-15 style assault rifle, which is how he committed all of these killings and shootings. And he also carried with him a ghost gun that he did not actually use during this incident before he was apprehended. That just made no sense. So, so he had a ghost gun, which he he makes the the ghost gun thing uh, out to be all like three D printed. Not always. Sometimes you know, technically, a ghost gun is just a gun that someone filed off the serial number. Um, and uh, so I don't know what he's referencing here. I assume the pistol that the guy was that the guy had, which wasn't used, was a ghost gun. And it didn't involve these two companies, which make parts for guns. I don't know. This guy's a, he's, he's a wacko. That's it. I mean, he may as well just get out there and say, mm, guns are bad, okay? Yeah. That's about it. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if they were involved or not, but we're going to sue them anyway. Okay. Well, I guess good luck with that. I don't know how that's going to work out, but go ahead. All right. It's that time of the show. Going around the table. May not be the biggest story of the day, but it caught your attention. David, what's your story today? Uh, do you want to hear Kamala Harris, the vice president of the United States, explain what culture is? Boy, would I love to. I would love to. Here. I mean, I might want to hear it twice. Okay. <laughs> what culture is? Doing an interview on, on stage. Uh, Essence, I think, is doing an event. Um, and she's talking about culture. Okay. Okay. And describes it in a way that only she is capable of. Here we go. All right. Well, I think culture is, it, it is a reflection of our moment and our time, right? And, and, and present culture is the way we express how we're feeling about the moment. And, and we should always find times to express how we feel about the moment. That is a reflection oh. of joy because, you know... It comes in the morning. <laughs> we, have, we have to find. Time out, man. Time out. Okay. I don't know what this that means. What is classic that mean? Kamala here. Yeah. She's not quite sure where she's going. She's not on <laughs> solid ground with this, and she knows it. So she throws in a right, right, right. And, and, and then a joke that's not a joke. Yeah, it yes. comes in and the morning. The uncomfortable <laughs> fake laughter. What? The feeling about you get in the morning. What? Yeah. <laughs> That's where we have to culture find... comes from? Yes. I don't, I don't understand. Usually, <laughs> What's funny is I'm looking at this as total comedy, and you're really yeah. trying to figure it out, Well, Scott. it just came out of nowhere. It's just like one of those yeah. lines that just comes out and it yeah. comes in the morning. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like you're, you're leading up to something, right? Yes. You know, like a guy walks into a bar, he's sitting next to this uh, this old man, and you're both smoking cigars. <laughs> Bartender says, what do you have? He said, it comes in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> what? Listen, I, I think to me, uh, Kamala's speeches always, I'm just, I'm, I'm giving this to you as, as warning and as some advice, Scott, from one friend to another. Yes. Think of her speeches like a Rubik's Cube made out of peanut butter. You're not supposed to solve. <laughs> if you try to solve it, you're just going to get your fingers sticky, okay? I feel like I'm the RCA dog every time she talks. My head's just cocked to one side like, what? 
Oh, there's more, right? Oh, there, yes. Oh, there yeah. is? Yes, there yes. is oh, more. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. The only, the only question I have is whether or not that Rubik's Cube made out of peanut butter is creamy <laughs> or crunchy. I'm, I'm right, not yes. sure yet. Ways to also express the way we feel about the moment in terms of just having language and, and, and a connection to how people are experiencing life. And I think about it in that way, too. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. I mean, it, it is fluid. <laughs> it is fluid McGurkin. There's no question about that. I'm thinking it's like, you know, the customs of a certain people or a nation. Yeah. yeah. You know, history exposed involved. Exposed through arts. Yeah. Exposed through films. Exposed through work. Exposed, you know, whatever. Yeah. But, but it's I, this again, moment this, and you feel it in the morning. This is, and this is everything she says is measured by being profound in her brain. Like we're going to etch it sometime on a wall somewhere and it'll be there forever, right? It seems that is her goal. Yeah, it's 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 absolutely just she wants to the oratory skill. I mean, I'll, I'll hand it to Barack Obama. He had the great oratory skills, right? Sure. And that dude could get you to believe just about anything yep. through his oratory skills. Mm -hmm. She wants to be that person. She's just not smart enough to be. And it's, like an tells her it's like an unsure high school or college yeah. kid is the only person I know that would watch her deliver that and nod, yeah. Yes. And, I and, get it. And we and, and there are enough people nodding their heads in agreement. They don't know what she said either, but they know it's profound because she said it. Right. Unreal. I, oh, I, still, okay. I don't even know what any of that just meant. <laughs> what does any of that mean? I'm telling you, Seriously. man. Seriously. You have okay. to think of it as a Rubik's Cube made out of peanut butter. Peanut butter. Don't yeah. try to solve it. By the way, did you come up with that, or had you heard that somewhere? I just Rubik's came up cube. With that on the fly. That is hilarious. No, that's really good. Yeah. Okay, I would say go back and play part of it. I just I think this should be throughout the show an okay. exercise once yeah. an hour to try to figure it out more. Mm -hmm. Golly, it's like listening to a song and maybe giving it a little time and listen, going back and listening again, and maybe you hear it in a different way. Yeah, it's like all these scholars got together and tried to figure out what bustle in your hedgerow meant. Right? What's bustle in your hedgerow mean? Well, you know, I, I don't. Again, yeah. I mean, this this is just nonsense. <laughs> and we're just listening to this nonsense, and we're thinking, okay. You're killing me, There dude. must mean something, right, <laughs> to somebody. Scott. She's I'm so sorry. frustrating your, for me. What's your story today? Uh, my story is Stanford University is now offering a course on Taylor Swift's lyrics, and I mean that. For $59,000 a year, you too can go to Stanford and take a course wow. on Taylor Swift lyrics. Okay. The whole goal is to uh, dive into the art of songwriting, exploring the interplay between literary references and lyricism and storytelling in Taylor Swift's entire discography, taking it one album at a time and trying to look at the evolution of using songwriter as a narrative form. It also draws parallels to classics works of literature and poetry in each album and gain a deeper understanding of the narrative power of Taylor Swift's music. Okay, both of you guys have listened to way more Taylor Swift than I. Yeah. Okay. And I understand the music's not for me, it's not my thing and that's fine. What I'm really curious about, is she a great lyricist? Well, I can because give you an example. The knock is she just she just writes about breakups. That's yeah. been the knock on her. Well, I, I don't even know if that's true. I, I can give you a lyrical example if you'd like me to. Okay. Sure. Because the player's going to play, 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 <laughs> and the hater's going to hate, 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 hate. Baby, I'm just going to shake, 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 shake it off, shake it off. Who, who, who? Yeah, I, I Now, let's always, discuss, class. I kind of always thought, like, the, the lyrics are fine, 
they rhyme, okay. they sound good together. And her real, uh, I guess, appeal has been that the songs just sound pleasant. They sound good. And okay. she's got good hooks, all that. She's a great performer. And so I, I never thought of her as like this crazy good songwriter, this life-altering songwriter, but just very well, good at what she does. A doctoral thesis on we are never getting back together, you know, may ever, very ever, well ever. be in store. Ever, ever, ever. Or maybe it's just because she's so huge, okay, and a lot of these institutions are about making cash. It's like, you know what we'll do. <laughs> 58 grand to study the lyrics of Taylor Swift. Okay. You could argue that'd be a better use of money than what some kids actually spend money to s study in school. Oh, one could, yeah, be led to that, yes. Yeah. There may actually be money for you involved in Taylor Swift lyrics. I don't know. Uh, for my story today, it's a story out of the Wall Street Journal, actually an opinion piece. Because we talked about the Supreme Court decisions the last week and the one on affirmative action. And I know Justice Ketanji Brown-Jackson had the dissent. She was not happy. We knew that, okay? There was a part of it that either I just blew right through or missed entirely, but it's brought up in this piece. Brown, well, you saw her. Yeah, Donji Brown-Jackson. It says even Supreme Court justices are known to be gullible. In a dissent from last week's ruling against racial preferences in college admissions, Justice Jackson enumerated purported benefits of diversity in education. She said it saves lives. For high-risk black newborns, having a black physician more than doubles the likelihood that the baby will live. <laughs> I don't remember even seeing that. No, yeah, I don't either. I saw that. It's completely untrue what she... What, she actually just misinterpreted what this supposed study was. Yes. So in the piece, it's sort of laying out a moment's thought should be enough to realize this claim is wildly implausible. Imagine if 40% of black newborns died. Thousands of dead infants every week. But even so, that's a 60% survival rate, which is mathematically impossible to double. And the actual survival rate is over 99%. Yeah. So it goes on to talk about how she didn't get the stats right from a study. But so often that's used. Rarely is it a Supreme Court justice, but a lot of right. times yeah. it is Rarely the media. Rarely never is it a Supreme Court justice. Yes. I yeah. don't know that we've seen that no. before. But that's wild. And I didn't see that in too many places where that was caught. Did you, David? Um, I It was mostly conservative media that was writing it up because liberal media was, would never go after that. Oh. Ever. But my goodness, how do you make a mistake like that? Just repeat something you read? Listen, yeah. man. We're three jamokes on the radio. Yeah. How often off-air are we debating stats and trying to get to the bottom of stats? Is that real? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, it's and one of us will say, well, I think they're screwing the pooch a little bit there because the real numbers were this, and I think yeah. they're taking that from that. Yeah, it's like I think there's like a 0.4% difference in the actual study that she cited, and it certainly was not, you know, again, double the chances of survival at no. all with a black doctor, but but one of the things that you have to also parse out through all of this is looking at different circumstances, and for one reason or another, and there is an issue there, um, it tends to be uh, black mothers at higher risks because of things like poverty and then not 
going to the doctor regularly uh, as opposed to white mothers, uh, just statistically speaking. Um, mm-hmm. And then also when you look at the doctors in high-risk situations, meaning they're in the ICU, the, the NICU, yeah, those doctors do actually tend to be white. And in NICU cases, you have a higher chance of losing the baby, unfortunately. Because obviously they're in the ICU for a reason. They're very sick. They're they're very ill. Whereas black doctors are not as present in those scenarios. And affirmative action can't change that. Well, my point is this. Do you have anyone to prove what you just wrote? Right. You oh, just throw that out there? Yeah. Well, That's she's an actor. Grossly misleading? Yeah. That's a terrible look, man. It's one thing that you can't describe what a woman is. You can't define it. But then that? You're throwing out stats that somebody sent to you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is it's, it's it's crazy to me. It's the Seinfeld episode where Jerry convinces Elaine that War and Peace is working title with War, <laughs> what is it good for? And then she repeats it. I mean, it's just I got the stats from Kamala, okay? Uh, yeah, so it's right, real. Exactly. Right, of course. <laughs> she always knows. Golly. Yeah. Wow. More on that Kamala statement coming up a little bit later. Okay. So a WNBA player makes a fool of herself claiming America's trash. David has that story straight ahead. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, David, what's the story with this WNBA player? Uh, Washington Mystics guard Natasha Cloud. On the household name. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Oh, yeah. (laughs) Name three WNBA players right now, Scott. I can't name three franchises in the WNBA. (laughs) I can't. I'm sorry, David. Go ahead. I know I'm supposed to care because I've been told I must, yes. but I, I don't. I, I know one, Natasha Cloud. Um, she, uh, on the weekend before the 4th of July, went after America over Supreme Court ruling saying that America was trash and she's mad she doesn't like this country very much. And uh, NBA star Enos Cantor Freedom. Oh, yeah. Decided to weigh in. Now, this is a guy who literally can't go back to his home country because they will kill him. Absolutely. If he does. People were wondering if there was going to be a hit on him in the United States. And he weighed in on this saying, just ask your colleague, Brittany Griner, how trash America is. Calling America trash? Let me know when your season is over. I'll buy your ticket and we can go to countries like China, Russia, Iran, North Korea, Venezuela, Cuba, and Turkey. People have no idea how lucky and blessed they are to be in a country like America. I'm not saying America's perfect, but trust me, you don't want to see the other side. Dude, we say that all the time. All the but time. that guy knows it. And yeah, personally. Cloud wrote back, I have respect for his lived experience in his country. There I would expect him to have the same respect for my lived experience as a black oh. gay woman in my country. Oh. You have no idea what it means to walk my journey or anyone else's for that matter. Come on. Let's hear about the adversity. What is it? Yeah. I'm not saying it's not there, but what is it? No, give me receipts, yes. Yeah, just curious. Just curious on that. There's an article I was reading about this, and the guy starts the article with, what is it with the WNBA? Question mark. I don't watch. I'd rather eat my own hand. <laughs> <laughs> eat my, my own, own hand. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard that. I haven't either. But I think that's going into the repertoire. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. You can just picture it. It's not yeah. a pleasant visual either. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? 
Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins, thank you very much for being here. There's a lot going on. Cocaine in the White House. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the new album. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's really the White House now. Yeah, yeah it's the cocaine caper mm-hmm. in the White House. Who left cocaine in a cubby outside the West Wing? Hmm. Well, White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre was asked about cocaine being found at the White House and... She wants you to know they're being very clear by not telling you about any of it. <laughs> okay. The one thing that I can share that I'll that I'll uh, share a little bit more information. As you know, the 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 president and the first lady and their family were not here this weekend, as you all reported on this, and as you also know that they left on Friday and returned just yesterday. Uh, where uh, where this was discovered uh, is a heavily traveled area where many White House uh, West Wing, I should be even more specific, uh, West Wing visitors uh, come through uh, this particular area. I just don't have anything more to share. It is under investigation by the Secret Service. This is in their purview, and so we're going to allow uh, certainly the investigation to continue, and we have confidence that the Secret Service will get to the bottom of this. Go ahead. But you're going to let it continue. That's big of you. Yeah. That's nice. So I'm going to tell you some things, but I'm not. I'm not going right. to tell you anything. I'll tell you, Hunter Biden wasn't here. That's basically it. Yeah. Yeah, they did want you to know that right away. Mm-hmm. And again, this goes back to my theory. Maybe whoever Hunter's guy was went, hey, uh, could you leave some in the cubby for me? I'll be back in a day. Sure. I still don't understand how in the world someone can get it to that point. That means you could get anthrax to that point. Well, see, that that's a great point. I really hadn't even thought about that before until you brought it up today. I'm like, well, if that's the case, yeah, you could just drop off anything. I mean, David, help me out here. What are we missing? That, I, dude, I don't know. Uh, and why isn't, why isn't the surveillance video anywhere, everywhere? Have you seen this person? We're not going to see that video. Do you know video. who this person is? We don't know who he is. we got to track this person down. No, I'm not buying what they're selling, though. And a little earlier, David had the clip of Kaylee McEnany. Used to be White House staff. I, she said, "No way, it was Hunter's." I don't. How do we know that? Well, I'm not uh, saying it is, but how do we know it's yeah. not? She said it would be hard to believe, right? Yeah, her point was that you know there's a Secret Service agent right there at the door, and the idea of a baggie of cocaine being left there for like three days uh, before being found is just unbelievable to her. Okay, I don't know. Not that unbelievable to me. All right. You know, no, me either. I, but I, I know where they're going with this. Some rando tourist. Again, man, we just keep going over the same thing. Yeah. This story is going to be gone in 10 days and we're never going to know. But that's what's frustrating. Because, again, how does that just happen? Can we get, you like, can get white powder through that far if you're a guest? Can, can we get, I don't know, McGruff, the crime dog involved on this one or <laughs> What's going to happen here? Were these guards like Epstein's guards that got transferred <laughs> to the White House? <laughs> We're snoozing? I don't, I don't know. I don't know, man. Um, totally different story out there. This is interesting. 
um, and I saw this at Hot Air from David Strom, talking about the Mayo Clinic. Mayo Clinic is held in high regard. Oh, sure. For good reason. Yes. Yeah. Like if somebody's sick with something that's like, yeah, you know what? I'm not going to mess around. I'm going to the Mayo Clinic. Right. Right. Okay. To be trusted. No doubt about it. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with this story, but there's a doctor named Michael Joyner. He is of the Mayo Clinic Medical College, and it seems he's being muzzled. So it's this weird thing. As it says in the piece, Dr. Joyner offended the administrators at the Mayo Clinic for dissenting from the medical school's position that convalescent plasma is not a good treatment for a COVID infection. Joyner had been a frequent commenter on medical issues in the media, something that was encouraged by the college because it enhanced the prestige of the institution. Treatments for disease by using convalescent plasma are not radical, untried treatments along the lines of using experimental drugs, you know, that have never been tried before. In fact, the Mayo Clinic itself has a page on this plasma treatment for COVID. Dr. Joyner expressed an opinion about the use that deviated from the official position, but did so making clear he was simply speaking for himself. Okay? Mm -hmm. All right. I guess the clinic didn't like that, told him to shut it, despite it also proclaiming its devotion to academic freedom. So that's kind of weird. It just contradicts itself. Right. So you can state your opinions freely as long as they're the same as ours. And if they're not the same as ours, then you shouldn't do that. What do you make of that, just that part of the story? It seems like there are a lot of institutions that, I mean, even three years down the road, more than three years down the road now, with the whole pandemic, that are absolutely still terrified of the idea of being linked with any sort of, you know, conservative viewpoint. Because I don't know what the guy's politics are. To me... You know, medicine is medicine, and you want to go after best practices no matter no matter what. And for all of the talk about how Trump politicized COVID, I would just say let's let's review the game film because it was the left that was politicizing everything. Moving on, he starts talking about hydroxychloroquine. Oh, it's this drug that's going to kill people. Didn't you hear about that couple in Arizona that drank fish tank cleaner? <laughs> uh, you know, ivermectin. It's horse dewormer. Ah! You know, right. everything that Trump said, they immediately demonized. Anything that any conservative politician or pundit said was immediately disregarded as a conspiracy theory, as anti science, as wanting to kill grandmothers around the country. And a lot of that stuff actually wound up to be right. I mean, what was being shouted down turned out to be right. Yes. And uh, and but but still, I think there is this fear from major institutions that they may lose support. They may lose some sort of funding or donations if they appear to be on the wrong side of covid of all things, which is a yeah. real shame. Well, <laughs> it seems that. You want these people to go out and speak. And they're, you know, it's real science. Like, Mm -hmm. this is what I'm finding out, whether it's with my patients, whoever, that this seems to be working. Now, there hasn't been an entire study done, but this is what we're seeing so far. Um, And some are wondering, okay, did they silence him? And 
basically Muslim, saying, you know, his suspension from speaking to the press. This is, you know, as far as the National Institute of Health scourging this, um, you know, and some people are saying, well, maybe it's because he has not been an ally of the LGBTQ oh, yeah. plus trans ideology. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what all of this is about. Mm-hmm. And then you really wonder. And it was just kind of disappointing to see that story to think, OK, I understand the CDC has been politicized and, you know, we had the whole Fauci thing. But there are still some people that sort of run independent and you can kind of trust them. But then you wonder with the bureaucracy, can you trust anybody? And you're just not sure. It's kind of a bummer. Okay. Let's get to, uh, well, it's the hottest ever on record for the earth right now, David. Oh, God, yeah. the story was everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> everywhere. We, talk, we talked about it a little bit yesterday. Some environmental mm-hmm. activists put out a report claiming July 4th was the hottest day in the planet's history, meaning the average temperature was higher on July 4th than it had been around the world ever. Now, ever. Okay. the most reliable records only go back to 1979. That's what they use to to make these claims. So... That's not ever. And then everything else is guesswork. And so you have, of course, with El Nino happening right now, you do have really high temperatures. But you also have to remember that reliable records actually don't go back that far. And it's pretty gutsy to go out and claim it's the hottest day ever on the planet Earth because we looked at some tree rings and, uh, and some ice. <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't actually make sense, right? You're not, you're, it's, it's a theory, but it's not... A fact, but they're treating it like it's a fact. Yes, uh, they are. Liberal pundits, they took that literally, and most m- legacy media took it literally as well. Uh, I, I was laughing my butt off listening to MSNBC's Chris Hayes. He's the guy, if you don't know immediately uh, who he is, he's the guy who, who looks like Rosie O'Donnell had a baby with the old man from the movie Up. <laughs> hang on, hang on. You're right. You're right. <laughs> You're right. It took me a minute, but okay. Yeah. yeah. Or the male version of Rachel Maddow. Yeah, slightly less masculine version of Rachel Maddow. Maddow. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, he was he was melting down. It was hilarious. Okay. July fourth ended up being the world's hottest day on record. Let me say that again: the hottest day ever recorded since we began keeping track. As environmental activist and writer Bill McKibben put it, no human has ever seen it hotter. The only way to make sure we don't end up producing a kind of global hospitalization or a kind of civilizational heat death is to continue to rapidly expand investment in and deployment of carbon-free energy. But even if we do that, it's going to get hot and hotter. We are now finding out what it is like to live with a level of heat unlike anything humans have experienced for thousands of years and spoiler alert it's not great oh no <laughs> these are the these are the same jack wagons who a few years ago were mocking any republican who said hey but it was snowing so global warming i mean i think you're kind of off the mark here a little bit they said weather isn't climate and that's true <laughs> weather is not climate <laughs> but you look at a heat wave and say see well you sound like an idiot by your own standards. <laughs> You're cracking me up, man. I got well, a million different thoughts on that whole thing. Uh, and one of them, honestly, I'm sorry, but yesterday when we were talking about all of the heat, and there are other clips certainly to get to, but one 
we just played Nelly hot in here. Mm -hmm. Okay, just as a joke, whatever. And now I have to switch gears. Did you see Nelly is in the news? I did. Nelly sold his catalog. Yeah. Man. Half of his catalog. Do you know how much money Nelly got for half of his catalog? I didn't uh -oh. see the final number, no. $50 million. Dang. Was Nelly that big? I don't know. He was pretty big, yeah. Oh, dude, you'll hear these artists that had like platinum album after platinum album after platinum album getting like a hundred million. I thought he was like a four-year artist where he had a couple albums. They were, you know, fairly big, country grammar and hot near and all that stuff. Fifty million dollars, and that was half his catalog. Well, he's hot. So I'm guessing, man, he's going to keep getting paid if that was just half the catalog yeah, no every kidding. time it's hot and they bring that tune <laughs> well, yes, out there. It's going to be out a lot here recently. <laughs> you know, I'm waiting for the guys like Chris Hayes. Joining us now is the Prince of the Nether region. We have here to talk about heat. It's still not as hot as it's going to be for you, buddy boy. <laughs> you know, the Today Show, they were melting down, too. About oh, I saw that. Oh, you yeah. know what? I don't think David's heard it yet. Oh, God. Oh, it's All good, right. man. Okay. We should probably get to that. Um... And Jennifer Lopez is in the news. She's got her own booze out now. You know, her husband's a bit of an alcoholic. Who's that a good idea? Who doesn't have their own booze now? <laughs> we'll get to it all coming up right here. And a news update next. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. On fire. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. You know it's hot out there, man. Coast to coast, more than 100 million people are looking at temperatures above 90 degrees. And folks, summer, it's just getting started. Oh. Oh. Are you telling me that in the summer it's over 90 degrees? Really? No. Damn the that ExxonMobil. It's crazy to me. I'm waiting for alarm bells are ringing. I haven't heard it yet. <laughs> well, they are. You Scorched Earth, the two hottest days in the history of the planet. No, this week is alone. Tens of millions try anything they can to beat the heat. My body's not made for this type of weather. <laughs> millions it, doing anything possible to here, beat the heat. Here's the thing. They say that uh, the history of the planet. But yeah. then, even within the context of this environmental group that uh, that put out this this survey, they say, well, actually, the 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 closest it's been or the hottest it was was 125,000 years ago. Okay, well, that's not the freaking history of the planet, then, is it? It's almost yeah, like it you're was... making crap up as you go. Well, yeah, but I mean, that's part of what their job is to scare people. Mm -hmm. I think that was delivered with the sort of passion that could scare some poor old ladies. of the planet. Planet. Today you will burst into flames. Over 100 million people dealing with temperatures above 90. 90. How could we take it? If only we had air conditioning. <laughs> I, I saw somebody uh, who was weighing in on this because, I mean, uh, there's obviously a lot of places in the country that did get really hot. And they said, yes. uh, you know, hey, over 100 degrees, you're... Your body literally can't withstand that, and no amount of shade or hydration will save you. Well, that's just a freaking lie. I spent basically the better part of two days outside when it was yeah. over 100 degrees, and I'm alive, by the way, unless this is like a, a like six cents kind of situation, and I don't realize that I died. 
people had worked in factories where the temperature is like 110. They do it eight hours every day. Right. right. When you say bedwetters in the media, David, yeah. it's really true. They are. But there was someone that wrote a piece, and they were talking about, you know, the alarmists, man. They always get the attention. And you go back over time if you've been around for a while. Um, well, if you go back like 40 years, we were all going to die from famine driven by overpopulation. Yeah. Remember? And then we were heading for a new ice age in the 70s. And the oceans were going to be void of fish. And the hole in the ozone layer, layer was going to kill us all. I remember that. Yes. The acid rain, Scott. Oh, yeah. Your favorite band, Rush. What about the acid rain? Dude, they, right. they were still pumping that out when I was in elementary school. I was The first time I heard about it, I was terrified because I thought oh, yeah. I lived in Houston, you know, and it rains frequently certain times a year there. And I was yeah. thinking, oh, my gosh, it's going to kill me. Yeah. The acid rain. Red alert. Red alert. <laughs> Isn't that distant early warning? Yes. From Rush? Yes. I like that song. It is a good song. Oh, and then it was global warming, and then they changed it to climate change. So any natural disaster, climate change. Yeah. Here we go. Yes. I mentioned uh, J-Lo. Jennifer Lopez has her new own alcohol out, the Lola. People are like, you don't even drink. She's like, well, I used to not, but now I have an occasional one. Okay, don't stop judging. And yeah, my husband's an alcoholic. I don't care. I want to cash in. Okay, she didn't say it exactly like that, yeah. but. It's the way I heard it. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. All right, David, biggest story of the day would be what? But I, I, uh, sorry. Th okay, I, I wasn't prepared to talk about this, uh, but uh, this is about the uh, cocaine found in the White House. Yes. I just heard a a very bizarre response from one White House spokesman. Okay. When asked. What about the claims that the cocaine belonged to either the president or his son? Are you willing to say that's not the case? And the response is, I don't have a response to that because we have to be careful about the Hatch Act. What in the Hatch hell Act. does that mean? What? <laughs> we'll dissect that <laughs> and much more straight ahead. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer, David Van Camp, the Millennial, the Sexy Boomer, Scott Robbins. Yes, David? I, I'm sorry. I got like six different things going on in my brain right now. One Time is, to close some tabs. From. I, we got, right. <laughs> right. I, got, I got to do a system reboot here. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Uh, well, I mean, no, it's just it's frustrating. And I know we spent a lot of time on it. We can move on, I guess. But. It's the the hottest day in the history of the planet <laughs> earlier this. Oh, my God. A hundred million people are going to be in temperatures above 90 degrees, and summer is only just getting started. People are looking at temperatures above 90 degrees, and folks, summer is just getting started. Oh, oh, really? Uh, are you telling me that it gets above <laughs> 90 degrees in a lot of the country in July when it's summer? At the beginning of summer? Well, next thing you know, you're going to tell me that it's going to snow in January. I know. Wow. I know. Okay, sorry. That, it's just... No, no, no. It's, it is. It's, it's really something, man. I'm freaking out about it all the time. More than ever. You know. I mean, and, you know, some of us older than others. You're a boomer. I'm a Gen Xer. I can remember, you know, like summer of 88. It was freaking hot because I had just got a... 
Chevy S10 pickup, and it was black. And the interior was like black vinyl. Ooh. And I couldn't afford air conditioning. Yeah. I couldn't even afford radio. It was bare bones. Oh, yeah. Stick. Mm-hmm. Come out after work after it's 105 degrees. Dude, you'd be wearing shorts. And remember, man, that's yeah. like 1988. The shorts were still pretty short for a dude. Yeah. And I... And, you had to do this maneuver, like lifting your yeah. pelvis off the seat, or you were burning your freaking legs. <laughs> you, you get home and you peel yourself off the seat. Yeah. Sweat everywhere. Well, you remember those because you and I grew up in rural America. I mean, yeah. you know where you worked during the summers, but I can remember those farmers calling you up saying we're going to put up hay today. It was like 108, and I'm in the barn putting up freaking hay. Well, yes, I mean, and it's way hotter in the barn. Well, of course, like 20 degrees hotter. Yeah. But if you were like five foot ten, you got stuck in the bar. Can you imagine getting an NBC reporter there? No, it's really hot in here. I'm sweating. <laughs> well, yes, that's part of it. I'll light my cigarette off my forehead. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, it's hot out there. There's an update on Cocaine Gate. Yes. Um, so uh, the who? What, what's this guy's? title uh andrew bates is his name he's the deputy press secretary for the white house and he was asked about the cocaine that was found at the white house and asked uh, specifically about donald trump who's posted suggestions that maybe it was joe or hunter biden's cocaine mm-hmm. and I'll, i won't play you the question so that i don't leave anything out and, okay, but his his response is kind of bewildering to me. One, one more, uh, you know, President, uh, former President Trump has made some pretty wild posts uh, recently on social media. Uh, one of them was that uh, the cocaine found in the White House was had belonged to either the president or his son. Are you willing to say that that's not the case that they don't belong to them? I, I don't have uh, a response to that because we have to be careful about the Hatch Act. Uh, what I will say is that I have noticed there does seem to be some increasing frustration coming from that corner in general. Uh, and I think it is probably rooted in the contrast between their substantive policy records. So the Hatch Act, again, is, is uh, something that bars uh, public employees from uh, weighing in on politics. Okay. Which he just did. Yes. Instead of answering the question, can you assure us that it wasn't Hunter Biden's or Joe's? Well, I got to believe if he could assure us, he would have. Right? Well, the fact, yeah. He could talk about other things political, but not that. Yeah. I think, to me, I don't know if it was Hunter Biden's or not. I thought Kaylee McEnany, Trump's old press secretary, I thought she made a decent point in that she finds it unbelievable that she laid out like the location of this um she finds it fairly unbelievable that a bag of cocaine could sit there for three days um without anybody seeing it because there's a secret service agent like right there but i and i understand that it just brings up other questions yeah but the the changing story though uh of where it was found because first it was inside now it's in this like entrance area um so the changing stories and then what you just heard right there where the press secretary says, well, I'm not going to get into that because I can't get into politics. But then I'm going to get into politics and change the conversation. At the very least, I get the sense they are worried that it was Hunter's. I don't. Yeah, I mean, isn't it just recently he's been staying there more? Yeah. 
Well, like David said, it's a bed and breakfast for him, essentially. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and yes, I'm sorry <laughs> that people are offended that when you hear cocaine, you may think of Hunter Biden yeah. in the White House. Everyone's thinking that. Yeah, where did that crazy theory this? come from, huh? Yeah, crazy, right? Jeez. There is another question that I don't think too many people are asking. What about Kamala? I just broke news. <laughs> I guess she wasn't around. I mean, the way she speaks sometimes, people have wondered, is she on something? Yeah, I, well, no. Not I, that well, I know of. Not today. Not today. Laughing at weird times? It's weird times. Yes. You know what? Let's just go ahead and take care of this now before these two other news stories that we got to get to. Um, we're going to try to do this once an hour. We tried it an hour ago. We're going to try it now. Can you play the clip of Kamala Harris and so we can try to figure this out? No. Because oh, we're I... not quite sure what this all means. This is like a lyric deep dive of a statement she made today about culture, and we're trying to make sense of it. Yeah. Yeah, let me let me pull this up here real quick. Okay. Uh, loading, loading, loading. She's talking about culture and what culture means to her. All right. And so the question is, can you define culture? Can you talk about the culture that we are in? And here is what Kamala Harris had to say. I think right. culture is, it, it is a reflection of our moment and our time, right? And, and, and present culture is the way we express how we're feeling about the moment. And, and we should always find times to express how we feel about the moment. That is a reflection of joy because... Every, it, you know, it comes in the morning. Apparently, that's biblical. What? It comes in the morning. Joy comes in the morning. Oh, we got like three. I got like three notes from people saying, surprisingly enough, it's a biblical reference. Okay. And I look at you for that because I'm I'm no help there. You or David. So I don't know what book okay. that comes from. I'm not that's, saying it doesn't. That's but I'm not quite sure what she's 30. getting at. Weeping may remain for a night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. Okay. What does that have to do with culture? I, I, I'm just, I'm just telling you what I'm hearing from. I don't know. I mean, it's still gobbledygooky nonsense. <laughs> I mean, any way you look at it, it does. None of it makes any sense. Okay, this is a deep dive now. If we can go back about ten seconds in that clip to play that part again, yeah. if we could hear it again, David. And we should always find times to express how we feel about the moment. That is a reflection of joy because, you know, it comes in the morning. <laughs> I don't know what's funny about that. <laughs> we have to find ways to also express the way we feel about the moment in terms of just having language and, and, and a connection to how people are experiencing life. And I think about it in that way, too. Okay. Are we getting somewhere with this study, this group study? Hmm? No. I think the first part started out okay, sort of, where it's like the culture is a reflection of our attitudes in the time. Yeah, I, I can I can see that being a, 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 a serviceable definition. Yeah, I guess, man. I think of it like, okay, a cult, part of the culture is families get together at this time to eat, mm -hmm. or there's a nap at a special time of day. <laughs> then there's the art, there's the music, there's all of this together. Yeah. So that's where I get confused. You know how, <laughs> this is going to be a weird comparison, I know. Yes. 
But there are times like when Mike Tyson tries to sound like like he has a doctorate degree in theology or something, like he'll go into some deep exp- explanation in something, and you know it doesn't mean anything because it really doesn't mean anything. It just sounds good. I haven't heard that before. Yeah, I have. Okay. But, I mean, it, it happens to some people who, who speak, and they want to be regarded as serious people, and you know they're not serious people, but they try to use words they don't even really know the meaning of, perhaps. I yeah. You know, that's kind of where she is a lot of times, too. Everything is... You're standing there where the masses are out here, and you're delivering this, you know, over-the-top speech to rally them or to get support from them or to yeah. make them all think you're the smartest person in the room, although you have no idea what you just said. <laughs> I, mean, that, that's, I look at her like that. Okay. It's going to be etched in history books. Whatever I say is so profound. All right. But we're confident the cocaine in the White House is not hers. Well, I'm not well, confident of anything. She speaks a little too slowly for that most of the time. Yeah, yeah that's true. I, yeah, That'd be well, a she, I didn't say she's mastered the art. I'm just saying mm-hmm. that, you know. Okay. All right. Meanwhile, oh, we'll save we'll say enough of the Bidens for now. We'll totally switch gears here because we got to get to Hunter's love child, which Joe won't recognize at all, and Corrine Jean-Pierre spoke to that. We can get to that in a little bit. Um, let's get to the story about the BBC. Dude, David, what is the deal with this child sexual assault, and did they whitewash it? Well, there's a a horrible story about a 15-year-old being sexually assaulted in southern England. Uh, The teenager was attacked, woke up naked with several injuries. Um, The BBC, though, said the two attackers were two women who weren't initially found. But a lot of people have raised eyebrows at that because one of them is uh, 6'3". And the BBC standards right now, part of it because of what the government can do to you if you misgender somebody, uh, that's probably a guy that actually did it who is walking around in costume dressed up like a woman. Wow. Yeah, the more stories you read about the whole trans issue in the UK, it's nuts, man. Mm -hmm. Well, depending. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, they're they're the ones who regularly publish things like uh, someone was like they say a woman was performing lewd acts, exposing her penis like that's what? right. That, what? Eh? Well, speaking of the trans stuff, a uh, story from here in the States, saw it at Daily Wire, uh, the nation's largest teachers union. You know what they're recommending for teachers to read over the summer? Gender queer and white fragility. Oh, boy. You know, we just heard about college last week with the Supreme Court, okay, and how certain people are sometimes left behind because they don't have the skills. They haven't learned it in school. Kids are falling way behind, especially in urban areas. So what's the cure for that? Hey, teachers, read gender queer and write, uh, white fragility. That's going to help the children. This is crazy, man. So, yes, the National Education Association recommended that their teachers spend the summer reading this garbage. I don't know why we're losing enrollment. (laughs) You know, David, White Fragility, I know you've read it. Yeah. uh, Because you wanted to, quote, do the work. Mm -hmm. um, Is a book that explores why white people are so bad at talking about racism. (laughs) That's what the National Education Association said. Yeah, yeah, written by one of the whitest people in America. I, I should add, uh, Robin D'Angelo. 
that book, I, I'm not telling you to buy it. I didn't buy it. Someone gave it to me because they thought it would be very eye-opening. Mm-hmm. And it employs some of the most clumsy yet hilarious circular logic where white fragility can basically be defined as how white people might object to being described as racist. If you say that, if somebody says, well, you're racist, and you say, well, no, I'm not. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Well, that's you being defensive, which really means you're super racist. And if right. you disagree with the premise, you only disagree with the premise because you are racist. Racist. Yes. It is astounding. Well, there's another book that you need to do the work and read. Yeah. And that's Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man. Mm-hmm. That's if you're a white person who doesn't know how to talk about Juneteenth. <laughs> <laughs> you can't make this crap up, dude. Uh, the teachers union also recommends "Twas the Night Before Pride" for elementary schoolers, oh, okay. young adults. Yes, um, Milo and Marcus at the end of the world. That's a gay romance about a boy hiding his sexuality from his religious parents. Yes. No, I don't think these people have learned anything. <laughs> no, over the last couple, nothing. Nothing, just full steam ahead. How do I talk about Juneteenth? (laughs) What? I've never once been concerned with how to talk about an announcement to enslaved people that they were free. I've never... Well, that just proves you're racist. It's pretty easy to talk about Juneteenth, actually. It's a cool holiday. All right. Update on the Biden... (laughs) The Biden family corruption next. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. The IRS whistleblower, as far as the Hunter <laughs> Biden story that goes into the Biden family corruption story, mm-hmm. did something brilliant. Really good. As far as Biden's lawyers are concerned, we'll get to it a little bit later. Just great what he did to basically say, I didn't leak to anybody at the Washington Post. <laughs> All right. So don't. For a second, say that I did or imply that I did. If you're a lawyer for Hunter Biden or if you're the Washington Post, because I didn't. There's been silence Mm -hmm. after that. Really interesting. Mm -hmm. But anyway, the update on Hunter Biden's child, which isn't recognized as a Biden. Yeah. The president has seven grandchildren, but he's telling his staff to make sure to say he only has six. There's a four-year-old girl in Arkansas. Her father is Hunter Biden, and Hunter's never met her. Neither is Joe. They want to keep it that way because they're bad people. The New York Times had a story about this little girl who knows who her dad and granddad are but has never met them. And White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre was asked about that story. Oh. There was a story in the New York Times over the weekend about Hunter Biden's daughter in Arkansas. Uh, does the president acknowledge this little girl as his granddaughter? I don't have anything to share from here. Oh. Well, that was fast. Just bad people. Family huh. man cares about America. Restoring the soul of the nation. Boy, that's a tell, isn't it? Yeah. If the failing New York Times are going there. Yeah. Are the knives coming out? From the power brokers at well, the DNC? Yeah. They know he can't make it? I mean, you raise an interesting point, you know. I mean, this isn't new news. No. That's been there for a long time. This is the Mark Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready?
Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Marshall, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. A lot going on. A lot of talk about cocaine at the White House. Meanwhile, hey, we just, we just say that, you know. Yeah, a lot of talk about cocaine at the White House, and we just move on mm-hmm. to something else. It's just like one of those stories now, where it's like, yeah, there's cocaine at the White House. Oh well, it was found. I know. There were some people worried. Got to report it. What could it be? Well, it turns out it's cocaine. You know, and I hate playing this game, and I tell you this all the time. But can you imagine? If Donald J. Trump were the president of the United States today and there was cocaine found in the White House. Oh, buddy. How crazy that story would be. Yes. Well, one, we'd already know who left it. Oh, yeah. No doubt about that. Sort of believe there's no cameras. And that if it was a visitor, that they could bring the white powdery substance through no problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're on a tour... You yeah. got a, a, a bag full of cocaine, you'll you'll gain entrance, and not only gain entrance, but also be able to leave it somewhere. That that's the cost of admission, actually. At least when when hunters around. <laughs> oh, got it. They tested. Sorry, this is anthrax. Yeah. You're not coming through. Coming through the White House. <laughs> coming through the White House is bartered now. <laughs> hunters out there going. All right, I'll yeah, sniff it anyway. Yeah, right. I don't know. Right. So, then we get into the Biden family corruption story which still legacy media hasn't paid attention to outside of CBS News because they did the interview with the IRS whistleblower, if you remember. Mm -hmm. And this gets really deep in the weeds, and I really prefer it when you deliver these stories, David, because I get lost in my own brain. But I saw this piece. I saw it at the Federalist. Town Hall had it talking about Hunter Biden's lawyers were trying to discredit this whistleblower, Gary Shapley. Uh, alleging he broke the law by leaking sensitive information to the Washington Post. It was Margot Cleveland at The Federalist that wrote, it's a move to damage his credibility as a witness because they've exhausted all other options. And I think that's probably true. So what did Chapley do? Well, he submitted an affidavit to the House Ways and Means Committee on Monday which he swore he was not the source for the October 6, 2022 Washington Post article. And what does that mean? It means he's saying, you can't say that I leaked stuff because I didn't. said, I never had any contact with the two authors from that Washington Post story and stated under oath that he had never leaked confidential taxpayer information. Then he authorized the Washington Post along with the journalists Devlin Barrett and Perry Stein or any other Washington Post reporter to release any communications directly or indirectly to or from me. That's what Shapley said, the whistleblower. Agreeing to waive any purported journalistic privilege and or confidentiality that would have arisen had I been a source for the Washington Post. Seems like a brilliant move to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I yeah, I, I'm just wondering if he was the source for a news article last year, uh, why wouldn't he have then gone public with the allegations the way he has now? Why wouldn't he have done it then? Doesn't really make questions. sense. So why then would Hunter Biden's lawyers say, well, this guy, 
You can't believe this guy, mm -hmm. this whistleblower. Well, because they're just doing everything they can to try to right. see what sticks. Absolutely. So what do you think is going to happen with this? Because this isn't done yet. The House Republicans are still all over this, and they're chasing down every lead. I mean, David, is this still another, your take going to be nothing? Yeah. Yeah, I still believe nothing's going to happen. I don't know. I don't know how it can't, I, I guess. I mean, I keep looking well, at this. Well, I know how it can't. Piles of evidence. ignored. Pile upon pile of evidence, and I think to myself, how long can you ignore this? Well, one, one of the reasons is that a lot of the twists and turns and, and some of the most disturbing parts of, of what's being alleged here, including different federal uh, prosecutors declining to uh, go after uh, Joe Biden himself, or, or even explore any roads that might wind up at, at, at Joe Biden's feet, it gets so deep in the weeds that it's hard to keep track of it. And mm -hmm. it's hard to synthesize the entire allegation into just a 10-second soundbite. I mean, it's the way I would do it is saying, hey, look, you've got this IRS agent who is saying, I got co colleagues of mine who are willing to back me up on this, that the president or his cronies helped stifle an investigation into his son. Yep. That's really it. And unfortunately, because you want to try to get all of the details in, by the time you're done, you sound like a kook. You know, it's like beautiful mind territory almost. You're like, you know, <laughs> right. connecting strings. Right. Oh <laughs> but you do have all of the money going to the Biden family, yeah. nine members of the Biden family. And yeah. And all these LLCs. What I, I do think, at least with Republicans in Congress trying to uh, trying to tie this down, and I say this having followed the Benghazi hearings a lot, mm -hmm. you have to be able to make it digestible to the American people. And I watched the hearing a couple of weeks ago. Well, it was going on while we were on the air. I think you were out, Jamie. Um, and hearing uh, Jim Jordan, Republican Representative Jim Jordan, uh, going down almost a rabbit hole mm -hmm. with all the names, different companies, and all this stuff. And I understand you want to try to lay this out because that's what lawyers do, and that's what that's what they're trying to establish here—a fact pattern that would connect the president to all sorts of malfeasance. When it comes to talking about the American people, you or talking to the American people, you can't do that. People zone out, and so okay. you have to yeah, be able. Yeah, I get what you're saying. To okay. send that message. Hunter Biden is on the board for an energy company. He's paid this m amount of money. Actually, that company sent the Biden family millions of dollars. The kid knew nothing about energy. Okay? Later on, this decision was made by the Biden administration. That's basically the story. Yeah. They were profiting. That's illegal. He's out. Mm -hmm. How's that? I'd just go even a step further and say you've got an allegation of bribery that involves the president of the United States and his crackhead son. Yeah. Because, I mean, we all know what's going on with Ukraine. But anyway, we got to move on to other stuff. You have a clip of Joy Reid. Oh, yeah. I have no idea what it's about, but I, this is somewhat entertaining, I'm guessing. I didn't realize that this was, uh, this was the way to deal with people like her. MSNBC's Joy Reid says she stayed home on July 4th, but not just because she's a communist who hates America.
<laughs> oh, there's another reason? Yeah. Oh. Why did she stay home? Roll it. Um, I have to say, I did not go out on July 4th and would not. The idea of going to a mass gathering, a parade or a big fireworks thing outside seems insane to me, to be blunt, in America. Because America is awash with guns, and now people don't just have them. They seem to want to shoot people with them and use them for whatever, you know? <laughs> I love it when the left tries to say people on the right, they're fear mongerers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hey, if that's all it took, yeah. Well, you should stay home every day. I mean, that that's why there are a lot of us who, who carry firearms with us where we wherever we go. I'm not I'm not going to go kill anybody. I don't want to kill anybody. But on the off chance, and it is still exceedingly rare, but on the off chance that somebody decides to open fire in a crowded spot, I'd rather be able to return fire than not be able to return fire. Yes. You know, I'm not saying that That's I... That's why millions of people yeah. bought guns over the last right. few years. Yeah, and, and the biggest risk is actually being mugged or, or shot by somebody robbing you. That's really the biggest threat. It's not somebody showing up with an AR uh, right. to, to target you. This sounds like the kid who didn't get invited to the birthday party. Right. <laughs> saying, well, you know, I didn't really want to go anyway because, you know, I've got other things to do or whatever. Who asked her to join them to do anything <laughs> celebratory or fun? Well, she would have gone to this, some fireworks, but the people had gun crazy and she's just not going to go. Yeah, come on yeah. over for, for you know, and, and bring a dish, bring a covered dish. Come on over. Enjoy the festivities with us, Joy. You're a laugh riot a minute. <laughs> One of those things, you know, when you go by statistics, it's very rare oh, she's that just happens. Stirring the pot again because well, she can. Switching gears, talking about rare by statistics, getting bitten by a shark when you're swimming in the ocean. That's everywhere right now. That story is everywhere. But it is. But did you see the actual video of the, of the coast in Florida? Yes. Dude, that did look like Jaws. Yeah, yes, it I mean, did. it's people on the beach, yeah. and all of a sudden, and that shark looked big. It's not the great white that was in Jaws. It's not a 25-footer right. or whatever. But that is a big freaking shark. Yeah. There was audio of that. Of And I was thinking of you, David, because you didn't get into the ocean. I don't, I don't think you still want to get in the ocean. Get out of the water. Where did it go? Where did it go? There's somebody still out there. I don't know what species of shark that is. There are some that aren't threats to humans, but... When you see that fin come out and the tail, I'm not necessarily going to take my time investigating what I, species it is. I, that was a news report on it. Yeah. <laughs> it was Roy Scheider with an oxygen tank to throw in the mouth of the thing. <laughs> well, I mean, after seeing that, uh, that Russian dude who was uh, swimming oh. off the coast of Egypt, I think it was, right? Wasn't it? Yeah. He was on vacation in Egypt and, yeah. he was out, and a tiger shark took him down and there's video of it. I mean, it... Uh, Brutal. Nope, I'm not going in the ocean. You know, they say it's like such a rare occurrence to be bitten by a shark or attacked by a shark when you're in the ocean. The odds of you being attacked by a shark drop to zero if you don't go where <laughs> the sharks live. How old were you when this was in the Gulf and it was a day after you yeah. were in the water that it yeah, was a shark? I was in middle school, I think. or No, I must have been a freshman in high school, somewhere around there. And, yeah, we were we were swimming. We saw the fin. And yeah. nothing happened. We we got back. This was in Galveston. And as we're driving back to Houston the next day, radio report comes on. Someone on that stretch of beach got bit by a shark. Yeah. I'm good. And you haven't gone any more than ankle deep since, right? <clears throat> right. 
Well, the first time I got back in the ocean was when the company sent me to Guam. Yeah. And there was a freaking shark, like, <laughs> swimming a few feet away from me. <laughs> now, it wasn't a big shark. I want to be clear about that. It was a little, right. like, I don't know, maybe 8 to 12 inches long, so a baby shark. But there's a mama somewhere around there. Don't you dare start singing Baby Shark, Robbins. Don't do it. I'm telling you right now, don't. Damn do you, because that's what popped don't into my head. Do it. All of a sudden, I got to do, 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 do. <laughs> don't do it. I'm begging. Baby Shark. Biting Dave. Eat his toes. Do, 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 do. <laughs> do you know how you could make money losing $300,000 a year on slot machines? No, but I want to know. People do it. It's crazy. We'll get to that story in a news update next. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. All right, did you have a news update that we needed to get to? No, I want to hear about this losing $300,000 at a slot machine, but still making money. Okay, so I see this in the Wall Street Journal, and it starts talking about this dude, Brian Christopher, lost three hundred grand gambling on slot machines in casinos last year. But hundreds of thousands of people cheered him on, watching online. Yes. These people are like heroes. Yeah. Yes, they have a fan base. Just like anything else. People want to watch them play the slots. I had no idea this was a thing until I read this. Uh, I guess his one of his lines he uses, line it up, buttercup, and he spins again. <laughs> people are watching online along with it. It's nuts. That's it's a nuts. new class of niche celebrities turned their once solitary experience of gambling at casino slot machines into a spectator sport with millions of viewers and fan camaraderie. So sometimes they'll even have a videographer there. Sometimes they just, you know, put a phone up and have just stream it. But the players spend hours talking audiences through the highs and lows of jackpots and losses. So one of the person or one of the people they interviewed in the story was a guy named Wayne Deck, 60 years old in Fairfax, Virginia. Said it's fun to watch somebody else play with their money while you're sitting on your couch drinking a beer. Yeah. I guess. Okay. Yes. I mean, this is where we are, though. We watch people do stuff. Yes. I wonder, Scott, if you could make this into a thing as you're setting a fantasy baseball lineup, if people would tune in to watch you. Dude, I bet they would. People would. Tune it. People would pay to watch that. And to the watch me set my daily fantasy baseball lineup. Uh, or, I mean, draft day would be a huge oh. day. Or any time that somebody melts down and you'll say to me, your boy, whoever, yeah. you know, sucked last night, went over four. Right. Cost me. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Yeah. Well, like we could, I, hey, look, if there was money in it, I'd get up in the morning and do it. You want to stream that? Fine. It's interesting, man. Francine Merrick, known as Lady Luck HQ. They all got names, too. I love this stuff. Yeah, she said, some people like to golf. Some people like to watch sports. Some people like to collect things. I like to gamble. And people like to watch her. And so, yeah, you can lose three hundred grand playing the slots but still make money because so many people are watching you. You can monetize it. <laughs> Jeez. I had not heard that before. Yeah. Well, you watch people in an auction, you know, buy things. Yeah, I mean, people watch poker, you know, World Series of yeah. Poker. Well, a they, lot of people watch it. 
They watch video games. People yeah. playing video games. Oh, yeah. They're not playing them. They're just watching people play them. Yeah. Well, a couple of my kids will watch people work out. Like, as they're talking through a workout. I mean, to me, it's just dudes lifting weights. Yeah. But they're well, monetizing it. They're making money oh, they're doing making this. Gobs of cash. Wow, I'm really rethinking this whole fantasy baseball lineup thing. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, dude. If you did like a special, where uh, how often do you set your lineup? Every day. Oh, it is every day. Oh. Uh, in my league, it is. A lot of leagues, it's every week. Yeah. But if you did like a once a week behind the curtains thing and open it up to subscribers, I bet you would get people watching. Do you remember a quick tale? Um, and it was 2014. Scott and I had a fantasy baseball team together. You talked me into this, mm -hmm. and it was terrible. Um, you said we were going to wreck the league. That was the quote. Oh, Some of these guys that we were in the league with, they don't, they don't know what they're doing. I, I'm buying in, going, okay, cool. We got killed. And so the next year, I'm like, I'm out. I'm out. So you went soldiered by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And you were doing very poorly. And then... You had your heart attacks. You were in the hospital for six months. But that last six weeks of the season, you did the best you ever could because you couldn't monkey with the lineup. I had, it was static. And you ended up it winning money. It was static, money. and we won money. <laughs> that is still one of my favorite stories yeah. of all time. That is really something. And by the way, uh, stat out, millennials are the biggest liars of all. Mm -hmm. And it says that baby boomers lie the least. Yeah, we're truthful. Mm -hmm. This is that's BS. <laughs> this is the Markley Van Camp and Robin show. Okay, David, biggest story of the day. All I know is that a lot of millennials uh, got injured or killed fighting a war that was, well, started based on a baby boomer lie. Oh, anyway. man, this is getting deep now. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> anyway. Millennials say to boomers, we learned it from watching you. Right, exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you just lie about the big stuff, okay? <laughs> Oh, man. We just lie about, you know, having friends and <laughs> personal relationships. And <laughs> Meaning. Right. And yeah. hot girlfriends who live in Canada. You wouldn't know her. Yeah. <laughs> Met her on vacation. <laughs> she really was that hot. Okay. We'll get to the biggest story of the day in a second. And Scott Robbins' top three stories of the day. The trifecta. Next. Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. You have the Scott Robbins trifecta coming up in a few. You're not going to want to miss it. Holy smokes. I just had to get the audio for one of your stories. Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay, before we get to that news update, David Van Camp. <laughs> I love it. We might not ever get to learn who actually brought cocaine to the White House. Because it wasn't necessarily covered by cameras all that well. Reports NBC News. Epstein security got jobs at the White House. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's I where mean, they dude, all are oh, now. Okay, yeah. I, I want to play part of the report from MSNBC. It's uh, Kelly O'Donnell is the reporter, and the anchor is uh, Andrea Mitchell, who was around when cocaine was actually invented, by the way. <laughs> uh, here they are talking about this. Kelly, the big change is where this was found. It was found, um, by my observation, in a much more secure place, limited access place, than that West Wing reception area. It's still a publicly trafficked, uh, a frequently trafficked place, but it's down near the Situation Room, right off West Executive, down below. And normal people just average people just can't get in there even with the entry from the northwest gate 
Well, let me let me bring you up to date with the reporting that I have. What we have learned is that there are, in fact, two West Wing entrances. You know that. I know that. But for the benefit of our audience. And now the investigation has progressed. And so they're saying the West executive entrance, which, as you noted, is closer to the Situation Room and closer uh, to uh, the Navy mess where there's the facilities for food and so forth. It is uh, also next to West Executive Drive. That's where, for example, the vice president's vehicle is parked. So, so you're telling me right now that a cubby in an area of the White House that is just down the hall from one of the more secure rooms in this country, mm-hmm. the place where most powerful people in our nation watched Navy SEALs go in and take out Osama bin Laden. The right. camera coverage might not be that good in that hallway. <laughs> really? Golly. That's what you're telling me. Yes. <laughs> gosh. Yep. Oh, my gosh. Come on, man. Hey, that's Dude. remarkable. None of it's it remarkable. But well, I like it, too. I mean, this is just a little footnote. Normal people can't get in. I'm yeah. People like us. Yeah. Now, we know. Yeah. Okay. But for you, well, little people, just to explain it and set the stage. Yeah, nobody could get in there. All right. But apparently, when you do get in there, the camera doesn't work all so good. And yeah, absolutely, cocaine could show up there. It still doesn't make any sense to me. Well, next it'll be Donald Trump cut video surveillance from the budget. (laughs) (laughs) Somehow this is his fault. Right. Gosh dang. Wow. Unbelievable. All right. So your, your whole reaction to this thing, David, is this making you think more and more that it is Hunter Biden's? I... Well, they keep changing the location of where this was found, Mm -hmm. and I just find it really hard to believe that they don't have cameras all over the place there. I mean, you can't convince me that my front door has more video surveillance than the hallway that is shared with the situation room. That was the whole thing from... For me, from the get-go, you can't see the cocaine come out of somebody's pocket to somewhere else? On camera? Really? Yeah. It it defies. At the very least, it does seem like the White House is really worried that it is Hunter Biden's, that it was Hunter's. And so they may not know for sure if it was Hunter's, but the fact that they're not out there going, no, we know for a fact this this wasn't Hunter's, the fact that they're not saying that, Yes. Because you could clear that pretty quick. Absolutely. If, if it had been three days or whatever, between Friday and Sunday, um, since Hunter Biden had even been in the White House, you could clear it up pretty quickly with surveillance yes. footage. I would assume, like, okay, well, look, all the cubbies are clean there right after he walked through those right. doors. So, obviously, it wasn't his. Correct. They're worried it's him. I don't doubt that for a second. I mean, that's just by common sense and logic. <laughs> you can't make it up, man. Stuff like this. No. Wow. All right, you ready for your trifecta? Let's do it. This is going to be a doozy. Roll it out. Let's go. Are you ready? It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show.
Every day about this time, Scott Robbins trifecta. His top three stories of the day. And hey, <laughs> helped by his hero. I'm Casey Kasem. Hey, yeah, buddy. Oh, boy. Staying cool? Um, yes. Okay. Good. Yeah. I'm ready. Right. He's ready to go. Three. Number three, Democrats have chosen their candidate for Kentucky Attorney General, but apparently there's a problem. Yeah, a little bit of a problem. Kentucky State Rep Pamela Stevenson, a.k.a. Colonel Pam, the Democrats' nominee for this November's Attorney General race in Kentucky, running uh, unopposed in the primary that was held earlier this year. That's how much they believe in her. Looking forward, she says, uh, to the general election. You see, Stevenson who is running to be Kentucky's top lawyer, doesn't have a license to practice law in Kentucky. Oh. Do, do you need that, actually, for that position? Yes, you do. You do? Okay. A little awkward revelation came in a report published yesterday in the Lexington Herald-Leader, which revealed that instead of being licensed in Kentucky, she's licensed in Indiana and has a practice in Indiana across the border. Now, they say she will have, in fact, a license by October, and by the election time, she should be fine and ready to go. But it's very embarrassing now for the Democrat Party. Wow. Good golly, Miss Molly. Yeah. <laughs> We're getting closer and closer to number one. Thanks, Casey. Yeah. The Scott Robbins trifecta. Mm-hmm. Top three of the day up to number two. Uh, Justin Trudeau, the prime minister of Canada and illegitimate son of Fidel Castro. Um, he's a big fan of Taylor Swift, apparently. What a weenie this guy is. Seriously. Now what? What a weak, weak man. Justin Trudeau sends uh, Taylor Swift a note on uh, Instagram or one of the media sites she's on okay, saying, Hi, Taylor, it's me. I know places in Canada would love to have you, so don't make it another cruel summer. We hope to see you soon. Justin. Oh, goodness. Now, she's not touring Canada. She's got like 800 dates, but Canada is not listed as anywhere she's going. So people, of course, immediately jumped on board. Like, hey, how about putting out the wildfires before you (laughs) fangirl Taylor Swift? (laughs) You dope. He's looking out for the people of Canada. They want to see I mean, get your PM under control, Canada. (laughs) One embarrassing North American leader is enough, and we've got him, and we're keeping him, okay? Now, on with the countdown. Okay, the Scott Robbins trifecta. What I've been waiting for. Your friend, Justin. (laughs) Here we go. Okay. Here here we go. Up to number one. Yeah. Number one, Jill Scott uh, had a rendition of the National Anthem at the Essence Festival, and a lot of people are talking about it. Yeah. Because it's insufferable. Uh, New Orleans Essence Magazine, their big Essence Festival took place this year, uh, the 29th through the 3rd. Kamala Harris participated. Apparently, Oprah had some interest in it as well. And Jill Scott, platinum recording artist, was uh, tasked with serving as the first person to open the festivities with a rendition of the National Anthem, which Essence Magazine, by the way, says this is the only National Anthem they will be recognizing from that day forward. And we just thought we'd give it to you today so you could hear how fantastic it is. Well, it's like two minutes of this, and... But you almost got to play the whole thing. Well, we? yeah, yeah, she changes the lyrics. Yeah, she, yeah, to you know? suit to suit her. And she's yeah. a multimillionaire. Multi-millionaire, platinum-selling recording artist. All right. Now there's a huge pause here. Do you want me to take out the pauses or just let it go? Here we go. By the blood in the street. 
fantastic. Okay, we're going to time out. We're going to go a little commentary here as we go by it because mm-hmm. I saw a big eye roll there from DVC. By the blood in the streets. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, New Orleans talking? knows something about that. Yeah, that is do. true. Yeah. Not this place doesn't smile. It doesn't smile. Oh. On you, colored child. Okay. <laughs> You're rolling your eyes again. Well, I, this is. Oh, my God. Well, she's uh, she's done pretty well in this world of racism and marginalizing. Okay, I'll wait for my take for another minute, maybe. Okay. Whose blood built this land? Okay. With sweat and bare hands. Oh my goodness, dude! This is. But you'll die in this place. But you'll die in this place, yeah. And your memory erased. And your memory erased. That's right. Essence is only going to recognize this as the national anthem. That's it from now on, here on out. Yes. All right, we're about done here. <laughs> you don't like the vocal gymnastics. Oh, I hate it. Okay. And I've, you know, heard different black conservatives talk about this. I'm just going to ask the question. If you grow up today in the United States as a black kid, what do you have going against you more than anything, do you imagine? It's this Statistically. Crap. What's that? It's this crap. It's progressives telling you that you are a slave, that you can't get ahead. Mm -hmm. It's this whiny nonsense. Mm -hmm. Anything else? Well, as far as like a demographic, well, mostly it's the, you know, white liberals who see that and say, yes, queen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I also think about kids growing up with a dad around. Well, yeah. And according to plenty of stats, that's one of the biggest barriers. We're not going to tackle that, but, but though. This, but this crap, well, like, everything that, that we've been able to accomplish yeah. over the last hundred years, forget all of that. Because if you're a race hustler, you still got to make a living doing this. Well, if you're a person of color and you differ your take on America from people like her, well, you're part of you're white Uncle supremacy. Tom. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Of course. Okay. Yeah. This is not. This is not. What? The land of the free. It's not. Where is the land of the free then? Just asking for a friend. But the home of the slave. <laughs> so we still have slaves? Uh, yeah, no, I, uh, no, and Jill Scott has never experienced forced labor. 
has never been a slave. Nobody alive today in America has ever been a slave in America. They have never been. This is enraging. It really, it's not just another, uh, ungrateful is too nice of a word for this. I mean, I I just remember in high school meeting a a Holocaust survivor uh, named Walter Case, gave a very powerful statement Mm -hmm. about what he went through. But that guy has, would have every right in the world to be a bitter old man because he went through things that no one should have ever gone through. He had a sunnier disposition than this progressive elitist jackass who never was a slave, never was in that kind of situation. (laughs) No. Shame on her. If you you really believe that, get the hell out. Leave. (laughs) Go somewhere where you can be free. I don't know what to tell you. Otherwise, quit your freaking bitching for crying out loud. <laughs> Jill Scott's I, net worth, by the way, $12 million. I can't wait. Just for the record. For some of my favorite black conservatives to sound off on that. Because that will be hilarious. And there you have it. Yes. The Scott Robbins trifecta. Unreal, man. I know. And she's laughing all the way to the bank. Wow. All right, we got to get to a news update. And Nimrod's in the news straight ahead. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. All right, then. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Sorry, I'm, 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 I'm very frustrated. I did not think it was going to actually frustrate me that much, the Jill Scott National Anthem. Oh, she changed the lyrics. Saying, yeah, yeah, not the home of the free, but the home of the slave, and talking about how no one can get ahead if you're black and all of this stuff. And we're yes. supposed to believe this was some brave statement. Says the lady with twelve million dollars in the bank, who also mm-hmm. went to a prep school for high school. She, <laughs> she was given more opportunities in life, and I'm not whining about this, than I was. Right, but you have to understand that part of the ongoing gig is to be a race hustler. It, it's just shameless, man. And again, it, it, if you think it's that bad, then leave. Go somewhere else. Yeah. All right. I want to. I want you to be able to air it out because I think it's good. It's, like you know, good. I'm. I'm having trouble airing it out because there are a lot of f bombs that I would I like know. to say. Yeah. Well, we've heard them. Yeah. And well, yeah. we can pick it up again tomorrow. I just got to get the Nimrods. Yeah, if you don't mind. Okay, roll it out. <laughs> when the going gets tough. Damn it! This is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrods in the news on the Martley Van Camp and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrods in the news. Well, got quite a case here in Florida. Teenager uh, near Tampa is in trouble. Um. Well, see, somebody leaked this footage online and then it got shared some teenagers were hanging out in a parking lot and there was a baby alligator and it latched on to a can of twisted tea it's alcoholic you know oh boy so then one of the dudes picked the gator up with the can still in its mouth and chugged it they were saying that was abuse to the little gator (laughs) so he's in a bunch of trouble for tormenting the gator and that's nimrod's (laughs) 